Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to Ask a Clean Person, the podcast on ACAST. I'm Jolie Kerr, a cleaning expert, advice columnist, and author of the New York Times bestselling book, My Boyfriend Barfed in My Handbag, and Other Things You Can't Ask Martha. You should send your questions about cleaning or anything else, really, to JolieCare at gmail.com. You guys, I have something special and pretty different for the show to round out Let's All Make Our Beds 2019. Today, I'm joined by Unfuck Your Habitat's Rachel Hoffman, and we're going to be doing a two-part episode in which we explore the intersection of mental health, cleaning, and our beds. Hi, Rachel. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome to New York. Thank you. You guys, Rachel <laughs> Rachel came in all the way from Rhode Island. Um, we had a little bit of a, <laughs> an exciting travel morning because I went to meet her at Penn Station and her train got horribly delayed. Yes. And it turned power. It was very exciting. <laughs> it was. And it turns out that we share a similar phobia, which is, Rachel? Bridges over water, yeah. which guess where my train got stuck. <laughs> Yeah, on a bridge for an hour. It was great. <laughs> but you made it and you're here. And I'm and I'm so, so grateful. Um, as I said, you guys, these two episodes will be pretty different for the show uh, in that the tone will be much heavier and much more serious than what you're used to. Um, because of that and because of some of the topics that we're planning to discuss, it's appropriate for me to give a trigger warning. I've, I actually have never given a trigger warning on this show. No kidding. I had one episode where um, I shared um, a very sad update um, about a, about a listener question, um, and of course I like prepared the audience that like something sad was going to be said, mm-hmm. but I didn't give a trigger warning, so this is actually a first for the show. Um, but I think it's I think it's really appropriate in this case um, to give you guys a trigger warning for depression, anxiety, suicide, and hoarding, um, and also to suggest that if you do want to listen to this, but you know that it might be difficult for you, that you wait uh, to play this episode until you're in a private space or somewhere where you feel comfortable. Um, if it does get um, a little emotional for you. And and I'll say also, I mean, you guys are used to hearing me cry on this show. I'll, I'll cry when things are good and I'll cry when things are bad and I'll cry when I'm chip-chatting and blah, 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 blah. Um, but this is, um, this is an episode that I've, I've wanted to do for a long time but haven't felt like I could do. Um, and I want to thank Rachel for really pushing me in the in the right way to do it um this is actually something we've been talking about for oh god months at this point like six months six months months, probably yeah it's been it's been a big chunk of time it has been a chunk of time and it's a topic we both really care about it's a topic that we both live um in our own lives and and with the the work that we do with our readers and our listeners um but at the time that we started talking about it my own mental health situation was just not um I was just not in a place where I could do this kind of episode. And um, I was really honest with Rachel about it. And I said, I really want to do this and I really want to do it with you. But right now, I just simply for my own self cannot do it. And she really hung in there with me. And um, I just want to say how much I appreciate that, Rachel, because I also think it's good to to gently push people. Right. Um, but I think I think what, what you did in response to was, you know, probably the one of the big lessons that 
you know, we try to impart to people, which is recognize what you can or can't do at any given time um, and sort of adjust your expectations accordingly. So, you know, if somebody says, you know, I'm having a tough time, I'm not emotionally feeling up to doing this. Like, that's an important thing to know from yourself. So I'm I'm actually kind of grateful that you did that because I feel like, you know, we're both in a good place to be having this discussion now. And I think that's, you know, if we had tried to handle it earlier when one or the other or possibly both of us was having a <laughs> tough time, um, you know, we probably wouldn't come to the same sort of a, a, you know, an idea as to what we wanted to do with the show. It would be a little bit uh, different. So I think we're both in a good place for it now. So I'm kind of glad that we waited a little yeah, bit. I think so, too. And I also am glad because I think that um, and this was actually one of the things I had originally suggested to Rachel in terms of timing that I think La Mob, Let's All Make Our Beds, is a very natural mm-hmm. time to talk about the intersection of mental health and cleaning because so often for so many of us who suffer from any mental health issue and physical health issues too, um, bed becomes uh, a very significant and meaningful space, yes. um, both both negative and positive. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there there's um, a really natural fit for this these two episodes to happen um, during La Mob, during the Let's All Make Our Bed Challenge. I hope you guys are having a good time with it. Um, I will. I will also tell you that these these two episodes will will be heavy, but I've got something like so crazy planned for April. So like, don't you worry. <laughs> The crazy Jolie train is going to be like right back on that that bridge and it's not going to be stuck. It's not going to be stuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So so actually just like quick note on that. I'm actually this year going to move uh, Wash What Happens instead of doing Wash What Happens, my spring cleaning, deep cleaning arc in April. I'm going to move that to May. Uh, I'm going to move Here Comes Summer to June. And uh, so that will be where you'll get your 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 standard uh, ask a clean person in the podcast arcs. Um, but in April, I'm going to be doing this thing called April Fools. It's going to be a series of roundtables. It's going to be unstructured. It's going to be funny. It's going to be like off the chain. We're going to do some sexting stuff. We're going to do some cat mess stuff. I think yes, I'm going to get a roundtable <laughs> of sports writers to come in and troll John Taylor about red clay. Like it's going to be real Joelish. Uh, so after we get awesome. through these these heavy eps, there's going to be like a, a, a big fun thing to look forward to at the end of it. Uh, one other thing about this episode, we're going to start off with a really tactile question uh, and then we'll get a little bit heavy. In the second episode that we do, we're going to also uh, start a little light and then we're going to get pretty, pretty heavy in that second episode. So just so you know what to expect from this. Uh, before we get into it, though, I want to remind you guys that I offer bonus episodes and all sorts of other cool rewards to my premium subscribers. If you would like to help underwrite my show and listen to Chip Chat and Tinder Talk by becoming an Ask a Clean Person, the podcast patron, go to patreon.com slash ask a clean person to help support my show. Rachel and I are not going to be doing bonus episodes because uh it, kind of a mind fuck to yeah. go from <laughs> we're gonna this. be talking about some really serious mental health stuff and then you know let's talk about the tots it's great right, exactly so we're gonna we're gonna save uh we're gonna we're gonna not do um bonus episodes with rachel i will have bonus episodes for you um i don't know quite what they're gonna be and they may be a little bit delayed but i know also you guys all have some catching up to do on on totville so catch up on your bonus episodes find out what my wildlife has been like um Oh, you guys, I got stood up on Friday. Ugh. I actually got stood up twice last week. <laughs> I know. What? You win some, you lose some. Uh. But it was fine. Uh, but there's there's a little ton update. Okay, let us get into this episode. The first question we have, as I said, is very tactile. It's one that I've gotten a lot lately. I know Rachel has a lot of thoughts about it, too. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to have Rachel read this question from Marion. It is about weighted blankets. All right, Hot Mar- topic. <laughs> Hot topic. Marion writes, hi, Jolie. 
My husband mentioned maybe getting a weighted blanket. He's a Marine veteran, and I guess some of his Army veteran friends are getting better sleep with the weighted blanket. I'm game, but obviously before we get one, I'm concerned about how to wash it. I feel like 10 pounds or more of blanket would fully murder our washing machine, and it seems like washing it into the bathtub would be an actual nightmare. The idea we came up with to keep it clean was to find a blanket compatible with a duvet cover and then just wash the cover, but my husband asked if I could ask you. What would Jolie do? In, what, what would Jolie do <laughs> with regards to keeping a weighted blanket clean? And did he tell me to email you in order to score some pre Valentine's Day points with me? <laughs> Thanks for everything. You are the best. Um, so I, you know, obviously I got this email right before Valentine's Day. I did actually write back to Varian, and I was like, I'm going to save this one for I'm doing this episode of La Mob <laughs> with Rachel, and like this is perfect. This anxiety blankie. But I was like, I'm also not going to make you wait. So right. I, you answered I, it. <laughs> I did. And also I was so, t- I normally don't write back to email. I don't have time to do it. Um, but I was so tickled by the fact that her husband was like, can you ask Jolie? Yeah. What would Jolie do? <laughs> yeah, so cute. Um, okay. So I have instructions. I have instructions Yay. for you guys. Uh, so most weighted blankets, not all, but most uh, are indeed machine washable. And you are, you are right to have that concern that like, this is a very heavy, <laughs> this is a 10 pound thing. Is it going to murder? I love how she said it's going to murder, murder my, my washer. washing machine. <laughs> it is not going to murder your washing machine. And here's how I know it's not going to murder your washing machine. I, 10,000 years ago, when I was still allowed to do stuff like this, um, I went to Procter & Gamble's laundry school in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, actually- That sounds like fun. Rachel, you should go. I want to go. That they, sounds like fun. Okay. I'm actually going to put you in touch because they just invited me again. <gasps> I can't go because um, now that I write for the Times, I can't accept press trips and stuff oh, like yeah. that. I have no such problems. <laughs> uh, but you have no such problems. Um, and at the time that I went, I was writing for publications that allowed it, and I went for a story and- disclosed it and all of the right things that you're supposed to do um it's fascinating and i feel like you're gonna love procter and gamble laundry school and i want you to come back so much fun for for, um when i do laundry school on this show i do laundry school in september back to school right sounds good i want you to come back and i want us to talk about the things that we learned at procter and gamble laundry school but here's one of the things that that stayed with me all these years um uh so laundry is expressed in Small, medium, large, extra large loads. But like no one ever tells you what that actually means. But they tell you at Procter & Gamble Laundry School. A large load is 10 to 12 pounds. So I know that a 10-pound weighted blanket is going to be A-OK in your washing machine because a washing machine can more than handle a large load. In fact, it can handle, for the most part, most of them can handle an extra large load. So you'll be A-OK. Okay. So you you can wash it. Now, with that said, sidebar, not all weighted blankets are machine washable. And I've got tips for those of you who end up with one. But I also want to say, if you're going to buy a weighted blanket, please do your research and buy one that is machine washable. Just, yeah, head right. this off at the past. If you, if you don't are, have it, yes. Right, yeah. If you already have one and you're like, Shh, too late, that's okay. I'm some, uh, Jolie's still here for you. Uh, but try to get the machine washables if you're in the market for one. So um, you can machine wash it. Uh, it's going to be, you know, as I said, a large load. So you want to use the correct amount of detergent for a large load. Uh, you want to use your cold water, as always. And you want to use the heavy-duty cycle. The heavy-duty cycle is going to be the thing. This is not the time <laughs> yeah, for the delicate a, cycle. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so you're going to be A-OK to do it. You can, um, you know, again, check your instructions and make sure this is OK. Um, but for the most part, they should also be uh, machine dryable. Uh, medium or high heat. This is a time when using your dryer balls is really going to help. Not because you need to fluff the blanket up, because obviously a weighted blanket is not going to fluff that well. (laughs) It's not fluffy. Um, But because dryer balls also serve 
to um, speed up drying time by increasing the airflow uh, and sort of moving anything around in the machine more so that it can dry more more quickly. Uh, and that is obviously something I think that you're going to want to do with a weighted blanket. It may take quite a long time to dry, but it will but it will be dryable. Uh, also, I I have zero feelings about whether or not you use fabric softener on this <gasps> one. So really, if, if you're like I I'm I'm you're desperate. Okay with it. If you're like, I'm desperate to use fabric softener and you've taken it away from me, Jolie, and you want to go ahead and use it on your weighted blanket, sure. Wow. Again, I don't think you need it, though, is the no. thing, because they're not staticky they're and not, they're not yeah, fluffy. They doesn't get staticky. And that's the thing is, is you know, like we were talking about before, um, I have a weighted blanket and one of my concerns is pet hair. Yes. I have two dogs. Um, so with my blankets, fabric softener is usually a thing, if only because of the sheer amount of dog hair. It helps to repel the... Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, have a, I have a tip for that. Yeah. Um. Rubber household glove. Yes. Yes. Rubber household glove. So uh, rubber is a natural enemy of hair. If you put on a dry rubber household glove and you just rub it over the surface of, you know, your weighted blankie, your couch, whatever, it'll like ball up all of the dog hair, cat hair, rabbit hair, whatever kind of pet hair you got going on um, into like little clumpy tumbleweeds and then you can just pull them off. I actually have this really great little um, rubber brush that... Is super awesome because you can use it to clean off your furniture and you can flip it around and then use it to brush the dog. Yes. So, which is my favorite thing in the world. It's one brush for the dog and everything that the dog sheds on, which is basically everything. everything. <laughs> what kind of dog do you have? Um, I have two chihuahuas. <laughs> I love chihuahuas. I, I do. love them. They're, they're little brats, but they're, they are. Um, but they're adorable. Them. Yep. And it, um, it takes one. It takes a little brat to know a little brat. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and one of them, one of them doesn't shed very much, and the other one makes up for it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. There's blonde dog hair over, over everything yeah. in my house. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's your pet hair tip. Now, if you do end up with a non-washable uh, weighted blanket, or you just need to um, spot treat it because you don't you don't like want to wash it and you got a little stain on it or yeah. something, you can absolutely spot treat it. Um, you know, using sort of my old like white washcloth with the appropriate stain removal treatment, you know, use your enzymes for protein stains for, you know, your, your blood, your sexual fluid, your tears. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, it's a weighted blanket. It is, I, yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah. that's fair. It's fair. Um, use your shout for food, especially chocolate. Again, weighted blanket. You might be sitting under that thing. Crying and eat, eating chocolate eat, ice cream. Yeah. Eating I your mean, feelings. Sounds shouts, about right. Yeah. Shouts the thing for food. Sounds about right. Um, yeah. So um, spot training is, is uh, the way to go. If you need to do um, a a bigger cleaning, bigger surface cleaning on a non-washable weighted blanket, it's like a tongue twister. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually it. like a brain twister was what that was. Um, your portable carpet and upholstery cleaning machines, yes, you yes. guys. Um, oh, tragedy in Jolieville. <gasps> They've raised the price on the $69 handheld no. Cleaning machine, so it's no longer six. It's no longer nice. Oh, but at least nice. I at least I bought it when it was still nice. nice. Uh, it's now seventy five dollars. It's not going to wow. break the bank. The one that I have is the Bissell. It's a um, a cordless handheld. It looks like a dustbuster, but it's an extraction machine. So it f- forces cleaning solution in, sucks it back out. Perfect thing for a weighted blanket that cannot go into the washing machine. You can, of course, also. Use your larger size corded portable one. Which is what I have. If that's yes. what you have, like your little green machine. Which one do you have? Um, I have a Bissell also, have a Bissell upright. I don't. You have an upright? Yeah. Whoa, the big guns. I know, I got the big guns because yeah. I have a big house, not a big house, but I've got a lot of carpet. Um, yeah, you have carpet and you have dogs. And dogs. Yeah. So 
that's one of those, you know, the things that you just sort of invest in when mm-hmm. you have dogs. But it, yep. um, for those of you who do have the bigger um, corded ones or the upright ones, they almost all come with atta- upholstery attachments. Absolutely. So use your upholstery attachments. Attachments are the best. That's right. Oh, my God. Yep. Speaking my language, I'm always banging on on this show. I'm like, the attachments are Use your, your attachments, Use your attachments. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Yep. The the carpet steamer uh, upholstery attachment is is. It's very clutch, yes, and it has a lot of different uses and purposes. Yeah, and this is one of them. Right. Um, and then the last thing to say is, uh, yes, a duvet cover is a very good idea on a weighted blanket. Yes, yes indeed. And um, do you have a duvet? I uh, do. Cover on so your I plate? have. I bought a weighted blanket um, maybe about a year ago, and I had it in my house for about three days um, with my dogs before I realized that I very much needed to get a cover for it. So, yeah. um, my the blanket that I got actually it is machine washable. Um, but I also know myself and having to go through the whole heavy load and take forever. Like, you know, it's it's once in a while I want to do that, but not every time that I get some dog nonsense on there. Right. So. You want to you want to treat it basically like a duvet insert, like the thing, the kind of thing that you wash maybe two to four times a year. Exactly. Rather than a weekly basis. The thing that you're washing once or twice a month. Yes. Yeah. Right. So or, um, sorry. Once or twice a week. Yes. Yeah. So my my um, weighted blanket that I got actually has a corresponding cover um, because they all are. A slightly odd size, usually. Um, so mine, uh, the company that makes it actually makes the matching. And it's great because it's got the little ties on the inside, which I love. Perfect. Which I actually do with What's all of the my... What's where, where did you get... Do you, I got you it on Amazon. Okay. Yeah, it's from Amazon. Um, okay. Which, like everything I own. Um, but I, you know, I... With my regular duvets, I always tie the ribbons to keep them into the... You know, keep them from shifting around. So this one actually came... The blanket itself has loops, and then the duvet cover has the ties, which perfect. is perfect. So, you know, once a week, I can just pop it off, throw it in the washing machine, and then the weighted blanket underneath is still in perfectly good shape yep. as long as I put it out of the dog's reach while I'm washing the cover, which... Good point. That's yes. a, that's one that you learn the hard way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, you know, again, just just some tips if you're thinking about buying a weighted blanket. Um, you know, do, do choose one that's machine washable. Do really consider getting a duvet cover. Do look for one that has the loops for the duvet yes. cover to tie it in. Do just little things you can do um to kind of make weighted blanket ownership as easy and lo-fi on you as possible kind of thing yeah and do you hear so i'm going to tell you i do not have a weighted blanket Mm -hmm. i probably will never get one even though i'm tremendously anxious um (laughs) i i'm very claustrophobic oh yes and one of my things that like i'm we talk about it all the time in Lama, basically every episode I mention it. I'm a no top sheet no person top sheets, yes. because I need my feet to be able to rove in the night. And um, that partly has to do with my, my claustrophobia. And I think that a weighted blanket would actually make me feel claustrophobic. Yeah. I, you know, for me, it's like, um, you know, I also have pretty bad anxiety and it's more of like an immediate grounding technique, you know, where, you know, a lot of us who get panic attacks and things like that, we all have our our sort of grounding exercises and things that we do to reset back to normal and to kind of pull yourself out of that, that mindset. And something about the weighted blanket is, you know, you, you get under it and it's immediately, you know, you know where you are, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, you're a little bit more aware of your body. um, And it's, for me, it's immediately relaxing. It's immediately sort of, it kind of chills me out and, um, but yeah, I, I don't have claustrophobic. I don't have any claustrophobia okay. issues, so um, I can definitely see how that would be a thing. So for my particular type of anxiety, because you know, and I'm used to having I got the dog sitting on me and everything, so it's you know the the weight is actually very comforting mm-hmm. for me. Yep. Um, and I think a lot of people have found that. Um, you know, but I use it. It's actually it's my couch blanket. Um, I don't have it on my bed. I have it on my couch. Okay. Um, which 
for a variety of reasons. Um, but I, I'm, you know, I have this whole sort of routine involving my weighted blanket, you know, make a cup of tea, sit down on the couch, get out of the say, blanket. Will you talk a little bit about it? And, and, you know, it's, it's a very, um, you know, because we were talking earlier about, you know, how for those of us with mental health issues, bed is a very sort of central place and mm-hmm. it, and it has a lot of associations. So for me, um, I don't necessarily want to get into my bed every time I'm feeling anxious because to me that brings it to another a whole different level of where I'm at mental health wise. You know, if I'm crawling back into bed in the middle of the day for something other than, you know, a really well-earned nap. Um, so, you know, I, I I really love the feel of the weighted blanket and I love how immediately grounding it is for me. Um, so I think if you are somebody who has anxiety issues without the claustrophobia issues, um, you know, it's definitely worth looking into, um, you know, it's it's there's just something really comforting about it about it for me. Great. That's that's really very, very interesting and helpful to hear. Um, what are some of your other little rituals when you start to feel anxious? Because when we when we get into the second segment, yes. we're going to talk <laughs> much, much, much more about this um, in the rituals. But I we're you know, we're on it right now. So yes. I want to hear some of yours. So I have you know, if I'm if I'm um having a panic attack or dissociating or any of those sort of more serious uh, anxiety type things. Um, you know, my my go-to grounding exercise is I go through, I, you know, if I'm sitting down, I, I say five things I can see, uh, four things I can touch, three things I can hear, two things I can smell, one thing I can taste. Um, sometimes those are out of order because I can't always remember which comes first and, you know, in that, you know, when I'm in the moment. Um, but it's just a matter of reconnecting you with your surroundings um, and and making you aware of where you are um, and what's around you at any given point. Um, so that's, you know, that's my big to sort of snap me out of it mm-hmm. um, and does as that much help as possible. You also to to snap out of whatever thought cycle because it forces your brain yes because you focus can't on something yep you can't really fixate on whatever it was that had gotten because for me a lot of times it's you know you get an idea or a thought stuck in your head and no I have no idea yeah. what that feels like. <laughs> <laughs> and you just you just can't manage to shake it so this sort of redirects that thought process and and forces me to focus on something else so mm-hmm. that's that's always been very effective for me um, you know and and even just there's a lot of times I'll get very spun up about you know, things that make me nervous or anxious or like, you know, even coming coming into the city today, you know, I'm like, okay, well, you know, I got to get to the train station on time and I got to, you know, and so I'm going through my whole itinerary in my head, you know, and just saying, you know, at some point it's out of my control, yes. you know, like when you get stuck without power on a bridge, for right. example. Um, so for me, what I do is I, I just... I feel your anxiety, <laughs> anxiety about that, by the way. <laughs> through the text. I And well... So we'll we'll tell you guys sort of sidebar when we were planning this. Um, I could I could feel your anxiety about the travel in particular. Yes, because I and, am I am very suburban, folks. I am like I am not a city girl. Um, and I was like, oh, we like you know, I'll give you like it's a straight shot to the studio from the train station, and then I could feel like I, that that there was still anxiety and I was like you know what let me just come pick you up at the train station like no which is the kindest thing in the world that anyone can do to me when I'm coming into a city is meet me at the station but it was so easy for me to do it was just no skin off my nose whatsoever for me to do it and I was like this is gonna make her feel way more at ease so much more at ease and it's nothing for me so I'm gonna do that right and it's, Um, it's just a matter of being out of your comfort zone and out of your environment you know I don't spend a ton of time in the city um you know I love coming here but there's always a little bit of that and that anxiety that's related to it. So, 
you know, basically what I do is I just write everything down, you know, like this is my little <laughs> itinerary. This is what I'm going to do. And then I I just ignore it, you know, because it's there and I know that I've written it down and I know that I've, you know, dealt with all of the things that are are rushing around inside my brain. But to be able to kind of put that aside and say, all right, that's as much attention as I want to pay to that one particular thing. You know, I don't want to spend any more time obsessing about, you know, any of this stuff. So so I write it down. I get it out of my brain and onto paper, into my phone. And then I just kind of walk away from it. And it's, you know, it's helpful. It is helpful. Good. Um, All right. So listen, I think actually this is probably a good time for us to take a quick break. Um, When we come back, we're going to talk a lot more about um, sort of the the tricks and techniques that you can use to help manage mental health issues that are specific to sort of cleaning and organizing. Um, And I think we'll probably talk a little bit more about our own personal experiences with this and sort of why we do what we do. Uh, So Rachel and I will be right back with more about the intersection of beds and mental health issues. This is Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome back to Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. I'm Jolie Care, and I'm joined by Unfuck Your Habitat's Rachel Hoffman. We've been talking about beds, cleaning, and mental health. Uh, okay, so this is the part where we're going to get a little heavier. Uh, the weighted blanket was heavy in one sense. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help myself. You can't. You guys, I'm... I have mental health issues. You have to be nice to me about my bad jokes. <laughs> oh, is that how it works? That's good to know. <laughs> well, and I will say, and I think that you're the same way too, that um, humor is a huge coping mechanism yes. for me. That like, you know, even when things are really bad, like I can usually laugh at myself yeah, or agreed. something else or agreed. or at least like pull pull back enough to be like, you know, you can get some perspective on this. Yeah. You know, like And humor's always gonna gonna pull you through a little bit. Yeah. You know, no matter how yeah. bad things are. If you can if you can make a joke about it, it it helps. Yeah. A good laugh always helps. It always yes, helps. definitely. Okay, so we um I this isn't this isn't always a question, but it was um when I when I kicked off the mob this year on Twitter, um I got a I got a tweet that I like I literally like it like pinged me so much. I grabbed it and I was like, I'm gonna use this as part of the Rachel episode. Um uh as sort of a jumping off point for, for the next part of what we want to talk about, which is really like the the bed and mental health inter intersection. Um so uh <laughs> The handle at Moxie the Maven, which I love. Me too. That. Um, do you want to read it, actually? Sure. Yeah, read her little tweet. Um, so Moxie the Maven chimed in on Twitter uh, with what we're going to use for the jumping off point. Um, and she says, I mean, making my bed is a way of avoiding depression by starting the day taking care of myself and feeling like an adult. 
But also the cat sleeps on my pillow if I don't make the bed, resulting in nighttime mouthfuls of cat hair. <laughs> Which, trust me, I get that. I get that. I'm right there with you. Dog hair on everything. And yes, making the bed is the most effective way to keep the dog hair out of your sheets. Yes. Which is, you know, as long as you don't let them sleep in the bed with you, which I'm... Right. I'm going to take the fifth on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're really small. They're small dogs. They're small dogs. <laughs> Listen, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm a dog lover, so yeah. I'm never going to say anything to anybody yeah. about, you know, <laughs> not having the dogs in, in bed with them. Um, but yeah, during the day, it is actually really like, even though, yes, of course, their, their fur is going to get in the bed when they're sleeping in there with you. Um, it still, it still helps to. Yes. Keep it down. Keep it down yeah. if they're not in it. 24 hours exactly. eight hours instead of <laughs> yep. 24 hours um and the pillow thing is very real because usually your dogs are not up on your pillow. right right cats love pillows cats, though on the other hand cats love pillows yes and there's really nothing worse than like the tweet says like a mouthful of cat hair it's just yeah yeah so you want to avoid that however possible yeah um, so I wanted to say um, that, you know, I think that 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 connection between starting the day um, with a tiny accomplishment yes. is a thing to not underestimate when it comes to managing your mental health issues. Um, I think there's also another thing in this. This I don't think this is this is it for Moxie and Maven, but I know it's true for other other people um, that making the bed and you sort of touched on this, too, about like if you're if you're in the bed in the middle of the day it means like things have really gone yeah, something's very, gone off the rails there sideways <laughs> um, um that making the bed is a good way to keep yourself out of bed during the day if that's a if that's a pattern that you know you fall into right um and i know for my own self um i mean i'd make the bed every day <laughs> you know i mean i'm just yeah i'm same. I'm, I'm, I'm conditioned. To, <laughs> yeah. I cannot leave an unmade bed. Yeah. It makes me, that's another that thing that makes, makes me anxious. anxious. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm like halfway to work and I realize that my, my bed's unmade, it's just like, oh, no, normal people wouldn't turn around to do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah. Yeah. But you would. So yeah. that makes me feel oh, better. Yeah. I actually, um, so because I, you know, I work from home um, and I'm a morning person, my usual routine in the morning is I'm, I'm up, I make my coffee. I, I usually start writing like, at, Right after I've poured the first, like before I've even taken the first sip of coffee, wow. like after I poured it, I'm writing. Um, and so usually I do the first sort of two hours of writing from bed, but I do not work in bed. I work on, on bed, bed. Yep. <laughs> and it's not made yet. But when I get out of bed to make the coffee, I like straighten the covers and like fold it back and rearrange the pillows for work on bedtime. Right. Because being in bed is one thing, being yes, on bed agreed. is another thing, and made bed is a third thing. Like I have I have delineations. It's like a whole spectrum. <laughs> it is a spectrum. <laughs> but I need it to be tidy for for me to work in it, but I don't want to make it and then sit on it because then I have to make it again. And right. it's the whole thing. Yes. Um but yeah, so I have I have that um that thing. But when I do have um especially bad days, um I I do a thing. Uh, that I find very helpful. And and I guess also we should say, I mean, I think it's pretty clear. We're not mental health professionals. We're, we're cleaning experts yes. uh, who deal with our own uh, mental health issues. Yes. And so w- when we're talking about the mental health aspect, we're talking about it from our own personal experience. Um, and if, if, what, if anything that we say helps you, wonderful. But this is not medical advice. Correct. Um, so one thing that I do when things do get very bad uh, and I'm having... You know, we 
you've all heard people say this term that the kind of day where you just can't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a rule for myself. I give myself permission to not get out of bed. But there's a caveat. Okay. I do have to get up. I have to make the bed. And then I can get right back, right in, back it. in it. Yep. But I have to make, it has to get made. At some point, it has to get made. And I actually tack on another thing to that, um, which is at some point, you got to get up to go to the bathroom. Because then everyone's like, we, we, if, if you can't get out of bed, I'm like, okay, but at some point, you're going to get up to go pee. Let's bladders are bladders. Yes. It's, like, it's going to, it's going to make you, it's going to motivate you out of that bed right. for that one particular at some, task. At some point, <laughs> you are going to get up. And also, you're probably going to get hungry and plot over to the fridge for a little snacky or you're going to get thirsty and you're going to want a little drinky or you're going you're going to get up at some point. I at just know you are. you're leaving that bed. Yes, you are. For and, something. Yes, for something. And when you leave that bed, that is your time to even if you don't fully make it to straighten it, but also when you're in the bathroom peeing, turn the shower on and get in it. You don't yes. have to wash your hair. Yep. You don't have to shave your legs. You don't have to exfoliate your tush. I have to say that a shower during a really low time is you really can't underestimate how much of a difference that makes because, you know, just and I trust me, I understand the thought of trying to actually get out of bed to get in the shower. It just seems completely overwhelming sometimes, like it's just way too big of a step. But, you know, if you're in the bathroom peeing already, just just, you know, turn on the shower, hop in. Yep. It doesn't and that's have to why be a whole I say thing. it like that, because it is so overwhelming. <laughs> But I have found in my own life that a very good way to snap out of that I can't even take a shower is when I have to get up to pee, just turning that shower on. Mm-hmm. And once, it on, once it's on, you can also say to yourself, I don't even have to get in it. <laughs> right? You can yep. use that same bed trick that yep. I use on myself. You, like, you can make it and get right back in it. You give yourself permission. But once it's on, you probably are going to get in it. Right. And I love the way that you just said that. Like, don't underestimate. The, the power of just getting just even a rinse. Yes. And, you know, that's why I say you don't have to wash your hair. You don't have to shave your legs. You don't have to exfoliate. You, you just. Well, my yeah, my advice when people are sort of in that can't get out of bed stage, too, is in, in addition to taking the, sh- you know, you can take your shower and just put on fresh pajamas. You don't have to get dressed and go out and do anything. Put on something that you haven't been wearing for two days or however long it's been and and give yourself permission to get back into that bed but having made a little bit of progress for yourself. Yes, absolutely. And I, I live this in my own life. I mean, that you, you nailed it exactly. That's exactly my process. Like, I give myself permission. All I have to do is get up, make the bed, take a quick shower and put on fresh peach, and then I can get right, right back, back in that in. bed. <laughs> and actually, in my family, we have a term for it. My mother calls it nightgown days. Yes. Nightgown days. I love that. Um, and she describes a nightgown day as being the kind of day where you just stay in your nightgown all day, but at some point, you get up and you shower and you put a fresh nightie on. And she says that that's the actually the best part of the nightgown day is the putting on the fresh nightie. That sounds like, amazing. So To her, it is so indulgent. It's not the spending the whole day in the nightgown. It's the indulgence of the clean one. The clean one, yes. <laughs> and, and being it, like, I'm just doing this. But there's also there's also a real sense of accomplishment, which, you know, as silly as it sounds like, oh, I took a shower and changed my pajamas. Um, but, you know, those of you who have been in the position of not being able to get out of bed for a day or more, um, you know that, that it, you feel like you've just conquered the world when you've done something like that. So... I find, too, that not only in addition to sort of letting myself 
sink into that that bad place and, and, and being kind to myself while I'm in it. But it also makes me feel like, okay, I did this one little thing. At some point, I'm going to be able to do more. Yep. So so these little habits that we're talking about, um, you know, they give you just enough of a little thrill of accomplishment to say, okay, that felt pretty good. So when I'm feeling a little bit more up to it, there's more I can do that's going to get me that same feeling of accomplishment. Exactly. And, and also that you're not you're not so powerless over this very real thing that is happening to you. Right. Um, that, you know, depression and anxiety is a very real thing, but it doesn't have to fully control you. Um, and even though it so often feels like it does. Right. I mean, it really, you know, and I, again, I, I say this from a place of like living this so deeply and for such a long time. Um, so I also want to say something else. I um I recently um re- read a, read a book because I was interviewing the author. Uh, it was a darling little book. It was about breakups and heartbreak and and the lessons you can learn from it. Um, and I I found her so thoughtful. Um, and really enjoyed her. But there was one thing in the book that really has has stayed with me in a, in a negative way. I found it frustrating. Um, and it was that she used the term choose happiness. Mm. And I, I so understand that, um, that sentiment, but it simply is not a choice for a lot of us to choose happiness. And I, and I molded over cause I wanted to turn it in. I didn't, I didn't want, I didn't just want this to be a criticism of her. Um, I wanted to turn it into something positive. And what I realized is that in my own life, I, I cannot always choose happiness. It's not, that's not often a choice I have to make, but I can choose action. Mm. And that is actually the way that I, in my own life have handled my mental health issues. Because unfortunately I'm also a person who can't take meds Mm. Um, or I I can, but I can only take a very certain type of meds. Um, So I am (laughs) as like my best friend and I, again, you know, I can always find, I can always find the humor in any of this, right? My best friend and I, I was just in LA with him and we were laughing and laughing and laughing over this. If there is a negative side effect of any kind of medication, I'm going to be the one who has it. So I am part of that like sliver, 1% sliver of the population for whom uh, antidepressants make me suicidal. Great. Yeah, that's a nifty trick. That's great. Um, And I learned it in my in my late 20s. I went through um, probably not my first significant depressive episode, but the first one that I was able to identify as a significant depressive episode. And uh, my doctor put me on. um, I don't even remember what it was. Zoloft or one of those. Um, And I was on it for a good, I want to say, two years or something. And during those two years, my depression got so much worse. Everything just like turned gray in my life like like my life was dirty dishwater uh, <laughs> and um i and i i thought that my thought process at the time was if it's this bad with the meds what would i be like without them i can never go off them and then i started doing research and i started working with a therapist thank god i should be working with a therapist the whole time yes. this was happening therapy's uh, great people everybody go to therapy <laughs> yeah, i love therapy um and I got into I got in with a therapist and I talked to her about it and she actually helped me get off the meds and when I did, uh, things started getting a lot better. Um, but one of the very scary things that had happened during this this time that I was on the medication was I became very seriously suicidal, um, and um, I could I, I share this because I think it's really important for people to hear, um, on sort of both both 
both sides of, of, of the meds thing um, that I, I could try other ones. For me, I have made the choice not to because the risk that I take of getting the med that does cause me to kill myself. And I'm la- I know I'm laughing. I'm sorry. It's not funny at all, but it, I don't know. It's so ridiculous. Right. Um, I, I, it's a risk that I've decided for my own self I'm not willing to take. Um, but I mentioned that it is an option and I don't want to discourage anyone from not trying medication, adjusting medication, working with a doctor to find the right thing. Meds help so many people I know and love. Um, but I also want to talk about my own personal choice and why I've made it. And I feel comfortable with it. It also just means that my own managing of my mental health issues takes a little bit more effort. Mm. Um, but I've found, and it's never not a challenge. It's never not a struggle. Um, I was actually talking to one of the Tinder Tots about it last night. Because um, apparently now <laughs> I'm just, just, just like a mood disorder counselor to the Tinder Tots too. No, but it's sweet. You know, I amazing. mean, yeah. Um, this, you know, this is this is one of the ones who, with whom I have a friendship. And so in addition to all the rest of the stuff. Um, and, um, and, I, and I said to him, I was like, you know, it's never not a challenge. I just, I just do it every single day. Just like people who take meds take their meds every single day uh, or, you know, do their best to. Um, and so I actually wanted to talk a little bit about the, the actions that I take. Right. Sounds, yes. Just, just again, so that um, I, I also just really want to say I do, do not in any way want to discourage anyone from medication. I'm, I'm a person who is... Um, managed by medication. Um, and I'm very open about that as, you know, as you are about not being, um, and it's, it is a very personal choice and it's something that you want to work through with your doctor, um, and see what works for you. But, you know, for me, for example, you know, I know that I can't function without the medication, you know, and, and that's something that I learned a very long time ago and I've sort of, you know, but, but even with that, you know, having the medication to kind of help my baseline, it is still a challenge and there is still a lot of action that I need to take. So, you know, I don't think we're in very different situations here. We just manage our mental illness in different ways. Yes. Um, you know, I I choose to use medication because it works well for me. Um, and I found I found what works for me. And, and fortunately, it was not too terribly much of an ordeal to get to that point, you know, a, a little bit here and there. Um, but, you know, I think what's important to take away from from this is that all of the options are valid. Yes. You know, whatever you choose to do or whatever is right for how you manage your mental illness is not necessarily going to be the same for everybody else. So, you know, try to be whichever choice you make, try to be kind to yourself about what that means. You yes. know, because there's a lot of people who are anti-meds, not, you know, not for their own personal reasons, but they don't think anybody should be on yes. on mental health right. meds. And, you know, I have a real problem with that. Because, I have a real problem with that. <laughs> um, because, you know, I, I would be in pretty rough shape without oh, that, yeah. that intervention. Yeah. Um, but I also wouldn't dream of judging somebody who chooses not to use medication because that's what's right for them. Right. So, um, well, and also I think when you hear, when you hear someone like me yes. saying, like, you're, you're sitting across the table from yeah. me, like, like, oh, yeah, Jolie, maybe don't take the thing that's going to make you commit suicide. Please yeah, don't do that. There's like, probably another way we can go about <laughs> yeah, this. That seems like a pretty good, smart choice that you've made yes. for your own self and your brain chemistry. So everybody um, is different when it comes to that. And exactly. I think it's it's accepting for yourself, you know, what that means. But it's also, you know, medication doesn't mean you don't have to put any work in. Yes. So and that's <laughs> that's an important thing also, you know. So if you're like me and you're you're medicated, 
um, you still do have to make choices. You still have to to act. You have to choose to act. Right. Um, choose action. Choose action. And choose action. and that you know I think is is a big part of it. You know for for sometimes you know it's rather than choosing action or choosing happiness, it's going to be choosing survival. Yes. And that's the most important part. Choose survival first. Yes. And then figure out from there where to go. Mm-hmm. So you know I think it's just. There are a lot of different ways that people deal with their mental illnesses. And again, you know, we're speaking to our own personal experiences here. But, you know, it's it's good to understand that there's there's a bunch of ways to go about it. Yeah. I love that you said choose survival. I'm actually going to tell a really quick story because I, I know the audience. This will really, like, resonate with longtime listeners. Um, so last summer, I had just a, a really, really horrible uh, depressive episode. I... I there were really times when I did not think I was going to make it through that one. And, you know, it's one of those weird things where, like, for me, every depressive episode gets gets worse. Every mm-hmm. everyone is worse. It's than cumulative. The last one. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I get better at surviving it because mm-hmm. um, I've been through it before. But this one was just I mean, it was just bad. And I really um, did did not know if I was going to completely make it. Um and I did. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm here behind this mic. <laughs> uh, but I was supposed to go to Detroit with the gang from Jalopnik, my beloved Jalopniks. And we were going to surprise one of our colleagues who lives out in Detroit and have me show up at his house with a video crew and be like, David, I'm cleaning your house. <gasps> because he finally was like, I have so many car parts like in my kitchen that this house has become unlivable and I need some help. And so the idea, and he and I are very close, and it would have been not inappropriate for us to have done that. And um, I was so excited about this, and Patrick was excited, and Balaban was excited, and we were all we were all so hyped about it. Um, and when it came time to plan the trip, it hit around the time when I was just really falling apart, and I had to say, I can't do this. And it was so disappointing. Because I was so excited and because I was going to be with my favorite people and we were going to be making this really funny video content and I was going to help my friend David, who I love, and I just couldn't do it. But even though I was disappointed, I felt very proud of myself for flagging it Mm -hmm. and saying no instead of putting myself in a situation that I know would have not been good for me it would have been very very difficult for for them I didn't want to burden them with it um and so that was really a time when I yeah I chose survival and you know I survived here I am you know and but you know we're all glad for that yeah and you know okay so I didn't I didn't get to go to Detroit with the Jalopniks and clean David's house like there'll be another time right you know and that's you know and, and when you have problems with your mental health those are choices that you have to make all the time and and, you know, like we said at the top of the show, understanding what you can and can't do and what is what your limitations are, you know, and where where you're um, when you need to say no, that's that's a huge part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Saying no. Saying is no is huge. 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 Um, so let me talk about some of the other the other little things I do um, that are kind of my actions, um, just because I think like they're, it's it's good. It's good to say like 
quantify exactly what it is that I do. Uh, And sometimes uh, I am not great at some of the things and sometimes I'm great at some of the things and um, but I I do my I do my best. Um, So first, you know, the making the bed thing, um, the giving myself the permission when I need it to get back into bed kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, uh, Cleaning something small. Yes. How do you guys think I got this way? How do you think I know how to do all this stuff? Why do you think I love cleaning? Because I am a control freak and I sometimes have days where I can't. So for me, it's not so much can't get out of bed. It's can't leave the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I can't leave the house, I at least I do a trade off with myself uh, in which I say, OK, you can stay in the house today, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to handsies and kneesies the floor. So you've accomplished yep. something without leaving the house. Um, cooking is the same way for me. Those, cleaning and cooking are things that I can, they're actions that I can do that don't require me to leave the house and interact with people when the world feels too overwhelming. Yeah. And that's, and you know, it, along the same lines as of, of cleaning something small, you know, a lot of times people will say, you know, well, how am I supposed to keep up with the mess in my house when I'm in the middle of a depressive episode or something like that? And, you know, my advice is always start with your nightstand, you know, so Take, oh, that's great. Take the 10 minutes, clear off your nightstand um, or whatever. You know, if you're if you're on the couch, because, you know, a lot of us take our depression to the couch right. instead yeah. of the bed, um, the, coffee, you know, the coffee table. So whatever it is that's right there in wherever your little nest happens to be, just clear off the surface. Because for a couple of reasons, you know, if you're in bed, you're probably just kind of accumulating stuff next to you and you're not really, you know, it's like whatever, you know, water glasses and whatever snack you had and, and all of that. Um, but also... When you're sort of in the midst of it and you're on the couch or in bed and you look over to this one space that you've just exerted some control over, it it kind of gives you a little bit of hope that, okay, if I can do this when I'm in the middle of it, when I'm finally coming out of this, it's doable. You know, I can get, you know, because it's, it's, it's this weird, like, it almost seems to passively happen when you're in a low space, when the mess just kind of builds up around you, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, you're like, well, I haven't moved from bed. How is it messy in my house? How did that happen? But I think anyone who's, who's had these struggles will, will recognize that, you know, where you're just, you know, you feel bad, you know, you're having a bad time mental health wise, and then your house is getting messier and it's just a, a, a constant kind of cycle that sort of perpetuates itself. So yeah. Taking five minutes to, you know, like you said, hands and knees the floor or clear off your nightstand or do something that's small and controllable. It sort of interrupts that cycle a little bit, I think. Yeah. And, and you know, gives you a little bit of hope that, OK, this isn't going to last forever. Right. And I can still function while it's happening yeah. in whatever small way that happens to be. Yeah. Um, so the last big thing. So oh, oh, actually, probably one or one or two other other things that I'm, I'm pretty careful about. Uh, I I try to be careful about my sleep um getting eight hours a night makes a huge difference in my ability to cope um i'm not always great at it i've been a little less great (laughs) i would say in the past four so months dating Dating. uh, (laughs) things a little topsy-turvy uh but the dating is i mean that's another thing i you know I'm, i'm not in a i'm not currently in a mental health crisis so I can also ease up on certain things. Um, you know, watching my alcohol intake when things mm. are bad. Um, that's a that's a real challenging one for me because I'm a I'm a drinker and I'm a party girl and a lot of times like getting out of the house means going out with friends and drinking and you know, that's that's kind of my jam, but also, you know, I I do try to like 
just be aware of it. Again, you know, the dating thing really is like throwing that completely off. But also, I'm not in a mental health crisis at this stage in the game. Um, the big one, you guys know this. I know you hear about it all the time. Um, I know it's kind of annoying. I know it's frustrating. But it really, it is so real. It's so real for me. The gym. The gym uh. is, I know. <laughs> I know you want to kill me. Here's the thing. Rachel, look at me. I do not have a gym body. I'm not, I, I, you know, this This is really, I'm not I'm not going because I look better. For, I mean, I do look better for it. Can you imagine what if I didn't? But, like, it is not, um, it's not a hard body thing for me in any way, shape, or form. It is truly that, it is my meds. Like, other people take a pill every day. I go to the gym every day. That's my pill. And as much as and I don't and I don't it's not even that I particularly love going now I do because I've gotten into it and I love what happens as a result of going. I do it because it is my med. Mm. That makes sense. I don't skip it because it is my med. That makes sense. my pill. And that's why I'm able to go every day because that's exactly how I treat it. I treat it as this thing I have to take every day. I've had to because my body is falling apart. Right. I had to. I have to now take a rest day once a week. You're not supposed to go six days a week, and I do. I mean. um, <laughs> the hardest day of the week is my rest day. Hmm. Today is my rest day because I'm with you, and we're going to go for lunch after this. It's going to be great. Um, <laughs> it is going to be great. Um, but it is very difficult for me to take a rest day. Um, you know, again, not because like I particularly love being on that treadmill, not because I want. You know, I'm afraid I'm going to get fat if I don't go it's nothing like that it literally is like I panic a little bit like oh my god what if I spiral because I didn't go today mm. and I think you know the the as much as I I groan about it you know you can grow, the, no I'm <laughs> glad you groaned about it because I know people do but I also have to be very honest right. about what an incredible but, impact it's had on my life and the the endorphins are a real thing they, you know it's, are. it's it's you know I I I have complicated feelings about the gym I think it's the nicest possible way to put that but um, you know, for, for those of us who aren't gym people, you know, but I take the dog for a walk, you know, or I'll work outside in the garden or, yep. um, which I also hate, by the way, <laughs> yeah. I, I hate yard work as much as I hate the gym, but, um, I have to look at it more. So, yeah, fair um, enough. but I it, don't love yard work either. Oddly enough. You know why? Because I don't like soil under my fingernails. I just, there's something about yard work, which it, I don't know. It, I find it tedious. I find it super tedious. And, and yet we like both love like cleaning grout. Right. Which I don't find. Which I have no problem. No, I, I have no problem that. with a toothbrush on the grout. Like <laughs> that's, you know, which I do have to say, though, that it's funny that you picked that example, though, because that is um, the 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 deep cleaning of the grout has traditionally been my indication that I'm either having a severe anxiety attack or I'm in a manic episode. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> like specifically the kitchen grout is my thing. Um, so I have to always, when I when I get motivated, I suppose, to, to clean the grout, I always have to st- kind of step back for a minute and say, okay, why am I doing this? Like, is this indicative of something else that's going on with me? Because it's, it's very focused. Mm-hmm. It's very controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's just it's funny that that's the that that's the example because that is my you know I have to if I'm cleaning my grout like that I have to kind of look at why yeah and okay. you know so so for me if my grout gets a little dirty and a little stained it's actually kind of a good thing because it means I haven't been in that mindset for yeah. a while and and I can choose to do it and it's a little bit more um a little bit less of an urgent thing you know where I'm like I have to get it done now because it's it's always at like eleven o'clock at night or you know some completely random 
time, you know, I'll be late for work because I'm, you know, I feel like, oh, there's a, there's a stain there. I got to deal with it. Um, but I, I think, yeah, the, the, the hatred of yard work is, is just super interesting because it's, you know, we have this, this need to control and clean everything inside the house. As soon as you get outside, I'm like, I hate it. I hate everything about it. I hate dealing with leaves. I hate, and this is, you know, again, like I said, I'm, I'm a very suburban person. I have a decent sized yard. Um, so it's, it's a lot of work that I don't enjoy doing and don't always see the value in doing. So the value, yes, it's super helpful though, for me to be able to communicate with readers though, about, um, how they hate doing housework because it's the way I feel about yard work. So I have to kind of try to transition my viewpoint on yard work and say, okay, this is how people feel about the stuff that really doesn't bother me. Yes, Um, absolutely. You know, and that's, and I think the difference, one of the big differences between you and me is, you know, you're a clean person, you know, you're ask a clean person. And I'm not a clean person. I am a messy person who has come to being clean through a lot of hard work, hard work. Um, But it's still very, it's very difficult for me at times. You know, it's not, um, it's not as natural, um, okay. I think, as it maybe is for you. Because oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. You know, it, it's it's something that I have really had to work on. And, you know, my the state of my mental health is a big part of why I even got started with this in the first place. You know, so it, it's yeah. it's the, the, the taking a look at, you know, what tasks sort of correspond to how my mental health is doing is is an interesting thing Very you know interesting, yeah. and and but like you said the the endorphins the going to the gym the physical activity um you really can't discount that either yeah you know as much as i you yeah know, you complain like about it, it. Yeah. I don't, yeah i yeah. never like it but yeah. but you do so, notice the difference right so let, let me let me say this about the gym thing um before we wrap up the, the first part of this two-part episode that that rachel and i are doing um i i've talked about this before on the show um i actually i i had been a very good gym person um and then i fell out of it um during you know during a depression i i just basically stopped going to the gym even though i knew i should be going but then you get into the spiral where you know you, you know you should go but you can't go and it's you know it's the same thing as like you can't get out of bed kind of thing um and so my trick the way that i tricked myself um into going just just like you know the you can get out of bed and get back in it if you make it yeah. you can Turn the, you know, shower turn the shower on. on. My trick for the gym was um, I discovered, and you're going to hear that I'm using the same language over and over again. Um, I discovered a podcast I really love called Watch What Crappens. Uh, it's a Bravo recap. You love, I love Bravo more than anything in the world. Um, and um, I would only allow myself to listen to Watch What Crappens when I was at the gym. Oh, so it's like your little reward. It's my little reward. Um, but I also did another thing. I would give myself, and I still do this from time to time. I don't often have to do it anymore because uh, it's just a habit to go to the gym. Um, but from time to time, I have to. Um, I would give myself permission to only do 20 minutes of like light walking on the treadmill. So not even... Nothing intense. Nothing intense. Um, and what I would find would happen was once I was there, after the 20 minutes, I would want to keep going or I'd be like, oh, I'll just do the full 30 or I'll do 45 or whatever normally I was. But but giving yourself permission, like just saying that the the thing is actually going. It's not even the workout. It's the going and giving yourself permission to just go just and go and do it quick. Do and... like the laziest workout. Yep. <laughs> the least um, amount of work possible. Yeah, exactly. Um, that that was very helpful for me in getting myself back into uh, a regular gym habit that I knew was going to be so critical towards my mental health 
Um, so to the extent that any of that might be helpful for you guys, um, I mention it. Then here's the other thing that I now do that's like really my reward. I and this isn't possible for everybody. It's sort of like it's maybe a little bit unique to to New York, but you can tweak it. Um, on my way to the gym, I stop and I get a dollar slice. That's my mm. pre workout fuel. I have a dollar slice. That sounds really good. And right then now. <laughs> I go, yeah. And then I go to the Seven Eleven and I get a big gulp of Diet Coke and I drink the big gulp of Diet Coke on the treadmill. This is not a healthy living lifestyle <laughs> at all. But it's my reward. It makes me excited to go. Because I look forward to that dollar slice and that big gulp every day. And if that's what it takes to motivate yeah. you, then there's, I mean, there's no problem with that. And, yeah. and you know, it just all boils down to there's no one right answer for everybody. And, right. and you have to find what, what motivates you and what's going to make you feel better, um, which might not be the same thing that, that it is for everybody else. Yeah. Might but... not be a dollar slice and a big gulp. <laughs> Probably actually is not going to be. But, you know, I think the, the foundational concept uh, is one that hopefully people can find useful yes and yeah. I th- and I think in all of that too we we talked a lot about giving yourself permission for certain yes. things and, and that was the language that I was saying I'm using and I yeah and I think and I think that that's um that's so critical when you're dealing with your own mental health to be able to say you know my expectations are this or what I want to do is this but I'm giving myself permission for the bare minimum. Yes. And and that's just a matter of being kind to yourself and being forgiving of what's going on. Um, you know, when you have mental health issues, it's all a little bit out of your control. So, you know, giving yourself permission for the things that you can control makes a huge difference. It sure does. Um, on that note, I think this is a good time to wrap up the first part of our very special two-part episode. Uh, So that'll do it for this episode of Ask a Clean Person podcast. Rachel is going to be back uh, on the next episode. We're going to talk more about the intersection of cleaning and mental health together. Um, We've got kind of a funny, funny little testimonial in question. And then we've got one that's really, really serious. and that Rachel, I know, has a lot of thoughts on. If you like what you heard today, please consider becoming a patron by going to patreon.com slash askacleanperson and selecting one of the amazing rewards I'm offering to my listeners. I would also love it if you would subscribe on Acast or iTunes, leave a rating, and tell your pals about this weird little cleaning show that you love so much. And of course, thanks to my listeners for joining me for another episode of Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 